Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Greta Thomas. And I'm Claire Hatton. We're all about producing content where you can be inspired by and learn from amazing female entrepreneurs and leaders to help you achieve and even exceed your career goals. Before we begin this week's episode, though, it would mean a huge amount if you could rate and review our show if you haven't already. Consider it as your kind deed for the day. And we'd love to hear from you. So why not follow us or message us on LinkedIn? Mention the podcast and we'll be all ears. And now enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to a different kind of episode today because you're coming on tour with us. A month or so ago, we were lucky enough to be guests at a newly opened state-of-the-art immersive technology research centre at Portsmouth University in the UK. Yeah, and it's super exciting and I'm really looking forward to revisiting it all with you today. Now, the more than £5 million CCIXR centre, or the Centre for Creative and Immersive Extended Reality, is the UK's first facility where the latest in special effects, gaming, and virtual reality technologies and film and the like are all brought together. And what's more, we were lucky enough to be hosted and given a tour and demonstration of all these amazing things by Centre Business Director Pippa Bostock. And as you'll hear shortly, the Centre is at the forefront of how technologies are converging to make all kinds of experiences that much more realistic, from films and theatre experiences to museum visits, as well as incredible training simulations for industry and the armed forces. Think virtual reality on steroids. Yeah, exactly. Now, you know, because this is such an emerging field and it overlaps with all things metaverse as well, we decided it'd be super helpful to start our tour by learning the big picture. And then we're going to dive a little deeper and also speak with one of the center's specialist technicians and producers, Hattie Ball. Yeah, I like to think of this episode as starting with snorkeling over the landscape (laughs) with Pippa. Yeah. And then Hattie's going to take us for a brief scuba dive as well. That is classic and so you. What an analogy. In this episode, you'll learn so many things, including what immersive and extended realities are. Fair enough. It's pretty uh, pretty important to this episode. It certainly it? is. <laughs> how and where we might see these technologies used in future, how you can learn more and get creative yourself, and exactly how the buzzword of the moment, the metaverse, might play out. Now, all the people at the CCIXR were so welcoming. So a big shout out also to Pippa's co-director, Alex Council, whom you'll hear her mention. So let's dive in, shall we? Here's Pippa. And don't forget, we'll be back soon to introduce Hattie as well. Over to Pippa. 
Pippa Bostock, welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we should say it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you very much for hosting us in this incredible state-of-the-art immersive technology center here at Portsmouth University. You know, a question we ask to all of our guests, in fact, is if you were uh, sitting next to someone at a dinner party and they said, so Pippa, what do you do? How would you briefly answer them? I'm the business director for our Centre for Creative and Immersive XR. So I work on a wide range of wonderful technological projects. One day it could be the Royal Shakespeare Company and motion capture. The next day it could be the Royal Navy and creating a training simulation of submarine escape, for example. So it's across all the different sectors using the whole immersive toolbox. So all of the wonderful technological magic that we have here in the centre. And quite some magic it is too that we've been lucky enough to have a, a tour of. And you mentioned XR there and for our listeners, that's sort of extended reality. And we'll go into that in a little bit more detail, probably a bit later. But, you know, is there a story how you came to be sort of at the sort of the centre of this brand new state-of-the-art technology hub here? I've been in and around Portsmouth University for 20 years since I graduated myself. I did my undergraduate and my master's degrees in psychology. And I was working for the university and became part of the team that were forming a new school, the School of Creative Arts, Film and Media, actually, at that point that, that was being put together. And from that grew the new faculty of creative and cultural industries. I often think it's strange. I've kind of come back to where my great-grandfather used to work because my great-grandfather, George Cooper, worked in special effects at Pinewood. Wow. So if you go back into the beginning of, if you like, the visual film effects, he made Chitty Bang Bang Fly. No, he and didn't. On- Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? <laughs> oh, my God. So I love all Chitty these Chitty classic Bang Bang. vintage films, some of the carry-on films, and I think even some of the Bond films that were going on in, in Pinewood back in that time – it's interesting what Alex and I do now and what the team does here is it's the future of special effects and VFX. And we work with organizations such as Epic Games and Industrial Light and Magic. And to, I like to think in some small way, I'm kind of carrying on that, that family legacy. I would never have believed it as a child because it, the technology, the best technology disappears and you're just left with the magic here. And that's what I'm lucky enough to do on a daily basis, whether that's holographic fans or volumetric capture of students' work. We get to literally work with wizards. Sounds like a dream job. It really is. Now, how would you define or summarize what immersive technologies are? Immersive technologies are everything that actually engages your senses in different ways. It doesn't have to be high technology. It can actually be, sometimes it's the simple things. With our VR devices, we include everything from smell. You can include scent capsules within VR because sometimes it's like if you're on the smart stage, if you're in a virtual production set and you're supposed to be at the top of the mountain, but you can't feel any wind, well, the immersion's broken before you even start. So it's about layering those immersions. And sometimes the sound and the the things like wind effects, et cetera, are easy to miss when you're focused on what it looks like visually or you're concentrating on the music score. So sometimes it's about thinking what's going to break the immersion? What, what, what makes me first of all know this is not real? And how can you counter it? So say you're doing a campfire scene on the, on the smart stage or whatever. You need it to feel hot when you get nearer to it. So it's building heaters into it. And if you look at the work of sort of industry leading organizations in location based experiences like zero latency and the void, they've built a lot of those, we call it substitution reality or the, the things that you can actually feel and touch using haptics and things. It's about layering the senses, as many different senses as you can to get the most immersive technology. But it can be simple. It can be lighting. It can be smell. It doesn't have to be a headset. It doesn't have to be 
the latest piece of technology. How do you think AR and VR or XR, as you, you, you're calling it, how do you think that's going to change how we work? I'm not sure that it will change how we work. I think it'll just make what we want to do easier and it'll bring efficiencies and hopefully make things more sustainable. If you take the kind of virtual production technologies that we use here, we would call it the white light smart stage. That enables us to, to co-present, for example, a keynote lecture with colleagues in Australia or America. And through the magic of the technology, we can make it appear like we are co-located. So we don't need to fly to that location to be in the same place to present that content. So there's a certain you know, saving in, in the in the carbon offset, if you like, of using the technology in that way. But there's also, some, it's just enabling vision and enabling what we wanted to do. So people talk about the metaverse. Effectively, in my view, the metaverse is just the future of the internet. It, it's, it'll be sustainable. It'll always be there, but it'll be interchangeable. And it, if we look back at what we, how we would have perceived the internet 20 years ago, that, that seemed as a very foreign thing and we couldn't quite wrap our heads around how that was going to work and we were going to go shopping on this thing. We were going to spend time with our friends via this thing. And you look back now and of course we all do that. And that's an average everyday part of life. The metaverse will become like that, but I'm not sure it'll be just one metaverse that we're all connected to. I think it may be several larger ones. You might, you know, swap between two or three, depending on what you're doing in your daily life. Like you do now with different platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. So I think there's a lot of evolution to come, but I think it's exciting to be on that journey and and to see where the technology can take us. It will make life more efficient, hopefully, and it will connect people in ways we couldn't have done before. When you bumped into people after that two years of lockdown, I don't know if you had that in Australia, but we, we certainly did here, best part of two years. The first thing you asked people was, you know, how are you? And then how did you get through it? And most people started talking about the magic and the wonder of the technology we, we use here. They were talking about the TV programs they'd watched, the books they'd read. They were talking about creative industries. And that's why supporting this industry is, is so important. Obviously, it's cutting edge technology today. And yet you talk about the metaverse and presumably in X number of years time, we'll all be nimble, agile participants in one or more metaverses, as you say. Does, do you think that means that the technology that we see here that, you know, it's, I think, a seven million pound budget. And I know the, the cost of the 3D volumetric capture is extraordinary at the moment. Do you think? that quite a lot of these technologies will actually be in our own homes in down the track? Or do you think it's still going to be you come to a centre and it's organisations who will use it versus individuals? I think it's different scales for different things. We mm. describe this place as a, a giant immersive toolbox and you use the one that's relevant to the challenge that you're trying to solve. I think everything changes and evolves, but it's not the technology. It's actually what you do with it. So it's the creative vision and the enablement that the technology provides. So for example, motion capture has been around for 10, 15 plus years, but what we're doing with it now is so different. What's an example? So it's now real time, for example. 10, 15 years ago, you would have captured your motion capture actor. Then you would have had to have gone away and rendered that data and cleaned it and processed it. And then you could finally apply it to your character. And then you could see what it might look like after you've gone through all those different steps and processes. Now we can drive characters in real time through the power of these real-time games engines, such as Unreal Unity. So the actor can get instant real-time feedback as to how that's going to look. You know, we work with a lot of drama schools, for example, giving budding actors the opportunity to understand what it's like to be an actor in motion capture. And interact with the Shrek, for and example. To interact, yeah, we did, <laughs> we did Shrek at the weekend with a group of young people. How would you summarise 
sort of CCIXR's kind of role or activities? CCIXR is a demonstration facility. It enables businesses and organizations to come in, see what the technology is and lowers that barrier to entry so that people can come in and try the technology for themselves and understand how it might help them. It's also one of our key tenets, if you like, is our education focus. So we're teaching undergraduates and students and building that pipeline with our postgraduate students and PhDs, making sure that these people have the skills that are needed in industry. That's why our industry advisory board is is so important to the work we do across all of our collaborative projects, but also to our work with our students. So it's a real balance of of student and industry needs brought together through the centre. And it's kind of that that one-stop shop, if you like, all the technology under one roof. And we are the first facility of our type in the UK to bring all of this technology together. How about for you personally, you know, technology, academia, they're typically often sort of male-dominated. How have you found your um, way to sort of flourish and succeed in this environment? Have there been certain skills you've called upon or developed? I think it's resilience is really important. And it's also... um, having really, really good teamwork and actually not being afraid to say, I don't know what that means or what that term is, or uh, or actually just encouraging people to ask questions. But there's not enough women out there in this industry yet. We all know that. And that's why it's (laughs) so important. We all all support initiatives that make that change. We have a whole um, Women in XR lecture series we're doing here in the centre starting in September. And that will be available as a free feed for anyone who who wants to take those videos and and share them with their students. Great. So if you had a piece of advice that you could give somebody about resilience, what would that advice be? I think resilience is so key to so much of what we do. I think the most important thing for me is to believe in yourself and to never be afraid to actually ask the question. Even if you think it's a silly question, I guarantee that if you're thinking it, someone else is too. So ask that question, be curious and believe in yourself and just you'll never regret giving something a good try. So go for it. Fantastic. Are there other ways that you keep yourself up to date with what's going on in all this technology because it it must it's changing all the time isn't it how do you how do you keep up to date and then how do you advise others who aren't perhaps in this space to keep up to date i think it's seeing as much work as you possibly can a lot of the major work in this sector gets shown at the big film festivals so at south by southwest and cans and sigraph and things like that but a lot of them become free of charge on the Oculus Quest afterwards. They'll pop up for a limited period of time. So it's taking advantage of everything you can to see as much work as possible. It's go and see how your local Broadway theatre or whatever it might be is, is using some of the technology. And then think about how you might be able to adapt that or how could you do that on a smaller scale and just asking questions. You know, we have businesses in every single day at the centre, some of which are at that early stage of just asking questions. So, you know, Find out if there's somewhere local to you, you can go and ask those questions or maybe just try some VR technology or there's a lot of people out there who are willing to help. Brilliant advice. Well, thank you so much, Pippa. It's been an absolute joy to meet you, to see all the amazing pieces of technology that you've brought into this incredible space. But, you know, it's more than just a space. It's an incredible sort of opportunity for businesses, for individuals, for institutions to really learn and and think about the future. So thanks for allowing us to come in. It's been a real joy. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to meet you both. Thank you for coming.
That was Pippa Bostock there, the centre's business director. Now stay with us because as we mentioned earlier, we're about to dive deeper with a producer at this innovative new research centre. You've heard from Pippa how she works with wizards who use technologies to create experiences that seem real. So who are these wizards, you might ask, and how do they become so magical? Well, let's speak to one right now, CCIXR producer Hattie Ball. We thought it would be really interesting to hear from Hattie, firstly, how she got into this field, and then have her bring to life a recent project. Here's Hattie now. We'd love to kick off by hearing how you came to be a producer of immersive technology here at CCIXR. Yeah, so my um, background kind of started in the art world more so, so galleries and museums and independent artists. I work with technology myself just in my practice, so using augmented reality, virtual reality, 3D animation, a lot of that was self-taught. And then I sort of ended up as a freelance artist on commission working with museums and art galleries to create immersive pieces for them to engage local communities working with other artists or musicians to kind of do live shows that use that immersive tech as well. So I kind of fell, sort of fell into producing projects that way, kind of orchestrating those things and helping those institutions understand the technology and how it's beneficial to kind of extend audience interaction or extend the artwork itself and kind of recontextualize it a little bit. Cost, no doubt, is a serious prohibitor for lots of people and organizations to adopt this. But, you know, if you had your dream project ahead, can you sort of paint a picture of how valuable the extra learning or the extra experience factor you'd get when you can add immersive technology or maybe it's a project you're actually working on now that you could bring to life the so what for why add in immersive technology or extended reality to the experience you know if you're looking at like an artifact or a historical object just in itself you're kind of imagining the story that goes with it and then with with something like xr immersive technology um that story is unfolding around you and transported into that time so I think in terms of museums you know that kind of being my background more so and 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 art galleries it's kind of that immersive space as a way to kind of really understand the atmosphere of something which then sort of leads you to understanding why these things are important if it were you how would you start to learn more about these kinds of technologies I mean I think the good thing about it at this point is there's so many kind of open platform like open access resources out there you know game gaming engines are free to download like unity and unreal that's kind of like the basis for making most of the immersive technology like xr projects and playing around with the technology is a really huge part of that i think a lot of it's quite intimidating at first because you see these really polished things and you kind of think who made that i'll never be able to make that it probably requires loads of coding and all these skills that i don't have And I think like any, when you see anything as a creative tool, a huge part of that is play and a lot of failure (laughs) and figuring out where you make mistakes, like how things actually work, just getting to know the technology that you're working with and the software that you're working with. And also just, I mean, for me, it was like YouTube videos. There's a lot of artists, programmers, like 3D modelers, creators that just um, document their process. You know, I think the XR community, the kind of digital art community there's a lot of people that want to share that knowledge out there which is a really wonderful thing and so I think it's all out there online and you can just delve into it it starts with a google search 
treat it like any other creative material, like get stuck in. There'll be people that can teach you how to do it. You know, there's videos online. There's so much information. You just have to find it and give it a go. What I love about that is you're seeing playing with technology not as playing with tech, but it's a creative endeavor. It's like learning to draw or doodle. It just so happens that you are using tech to create something. And I think if we have that mindset, it becomes a whole lot less intimidating. And I think that's really exciting. When it comes to sort of looking down the track, technologies that are still sort of emerging, Mm -hmm. is there one technology in particular that you're really excited by that you sort of see, oh my goodness, the scope for that could be huge? I mean, I I love our volumetric capture studio here. Volumetric captures, it's trying trying to think of how to explain that. I mean, it's if anyone's familiar with photogrammetry, it's a similar concept where you're basically taking multiple cameras, taking loads of images around an object or around a person. And with photogrammetry, it creates this like still object, basically a 3D scan of that object, takes multiple images, stitches it together to create a 3D version of that thing. Volumetrics doing the same thing, but with video. So it creates this 3D animated version of whatever it's taking all these pictures of in the center of this room. It's really exciting. We've just kind of been able to get stuck in with that with a few of our projects and we've had actors in there. We've had animals in there. It's uh, really interesting to to see how how you can kind of replicate these very living things with their motion and kind of their fluid movement and then take that data, put it in a gaming engine. You can create a 3D environment and put that in there. We've captured some whilst recording sound at the same time to kind of synchronize the sound as well for kind of more performative, theatrical or, you know, actors, that kind of thing. I'm really curious to see like how that is used in the future in terms of, I don't know, whether it would be more in gaming or film. There's a lot of things to consider with like, you know, how big files are, lots of boring technical stuff, which I won't go into now. But visually, it's just a really, really interesting platform to use. And I think people are really wowed by it to see something captured in that very lifelike way. Yeah. I mean, they've done a really good job so far in terms of um, in virtual realities. But now with that, it might feel as if you're actually in that full on reality, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I mean, it's so good. We've taken some of the data and put it in VR already. So we've, we did some pieces with the fashion students here where we kind of, they had models that came in and we captured them in the clothes in volumetric and they've they've been used you know put into a gaming engine and we actually kind of did some tests and experimentation where you put the headset on and you see the figures in the clothes kind of moving around in front of you you can walk through them and look around and look at it and it kind of if you want to look at something like cloth and clothing digitally in a virtual environment using volumetric capture you're really capturing like the fluid movement of the cloth and it's very interesting well Hattie it's been really fantastic chatting to you we've learned a lot It's so exciting, the work that you're doing, and we we can't wait to see some more of these things come to life. If people wanted to find out more about you, where would they go to find you? Obviously, Portsmouth University, CCIXR, all of our stuff. I'm involved in that. I think, you know, I've got a lot of stuff on the uh, Instagram page, LinkedIn, all the social media stuff. And then I got my own website is just hattieball.co.uk. Instagram is h.ball, B-A-L-L. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. A huge thank you to both Pippa Bostock and Hattie Ball, who we just heard from then, from Portsmouth University's CCIXR. We'll, of course, link to the centre on our show notes page. 
didn't we have a, such a great time visiting the team in Portsmouth? Yeah, I loved it. You know, it was so fascinating. And then to learn that Pippa's great-grandfather made Chitty Chitty Bang Bang Fly, that just topped it off for you, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. And uh, she's really building on his legacy, isn't she? Yeah. You know, I have to say, I'll definitely pay much closer attention to the special effects and technology used in the next film I see, you know, and also the museum I visit. Yeah, totally. And I do think it's time for our leadership business to invest in a virtual reality headset, don't you? Oh my God, yes, 100%. (laughs) Uh, You know, and thinking about Pippa and Hattie there, what was great was that they both had a very strong message that these technologies are so new that everyone's learning. And even as a beginner, you can jump online and learn And then if you get stuck, just ask someone. Yeah, and I guess you can also, of course, now become a student at Portsmouth University too. That's an option. Yeah. You know, it's fantastic that Hattie is self-taught as well because I think, you know, she really sets a great example there of how much is available online. I also, though, really loved Pippa's point about resilience and not being afraid to ask questions. You know, it's advice that just keeps cropping up with guests, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, so it's really important for us all to remember that, you know, just don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's this episode done and dusted. Stay tuned for a really interesting how-to episode in two weeks' time. Absolutely. And in the meantime, take care, have fun, and ciao for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.